So we live in the censorship industrial complex in which if you have a differing opinion in comparison to those radical executives who were at Twitter prior towards Elon Musk taking over, they would ban you. If you said something in comparison to the consensus when it came to the narrative of the virus or gender ideology in which perhaps you impose your opinion that this is dangerous, then people would ban you from society. The cyberspace is the most important area of current date. And the Twitter execs, whom I believe prior towards Musk, have got away with literal murder. They would censor you. They would censor people who had certification when it came to the virus, when it came to very important issues and debates within today's society. Well, today, we actually have more censorship, but there are still a few outlets in which you can hear conservative principles being spoken. This is, I believe this is a form of fascism. It literally is what the Nazis did at such a conspicuous scale in the past. They imposed radical forms of violence upon people who had alternative opinions. And then of course, of course, everyone goes along with the consensus when you're imposing violence. The same is true within today's age in which if you speak up and have an alternative opinion, whether that's, you know, relation to climate, net zero, gender ideology, or whatever it is, you are cast aside, and I don't think that should be okay. So I'm not going to shut up, I'm going to speak up, and I hope that you join me on this journey. So, I want to speak about a lot of things today, and we're going to react to some clips from Michael Knowles, whom is an Italian like myself, and he's a rather good com commentator, I, I should say, if I may applaud him. One thing I, I think is fairly comical is the gender ideology of the military, in which just shows the strength and the integrity and the power of the United States of America, which is just imposing radical ideologies upon the military. It's really, really funny. So let's react to a few clips. Michael Knowles talking about transgenderism, military ideology, and some interesting scenarios. Let's see. Thank you, sir. Great question. Thank you. Hi, my name is Emily, sorry, um, and I'm a graduating senior, and I hate to bring up transgender issues yet again, but I think it's important, not just for the advice that I'm seeking, but also to bring to light that Ole Miss isn't as perfect and conservative as we'd like it to be. Um, so I wanted to share a quick little story about something that happened a week ago. Um, I'm an education major, and in that we do these teach live um, avatar-like animation practices of teaching. Um, and then in your senior year, you do a parent-teacher conference. And through reading my notes in preparation, we were told that the student that we're meeting with the parents for is transgender, um, and that we are to refer to them using they, them pronouns. And also, if the name was Timothy, and they wanted to be called Tim with a Y, which didn't really change the sound of Tim, but I was going to run with it. The feminists uh, <laughs> did that, too, with women. You remember that W-I-M-M-Y-N or that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it works, but we'll yeah. let them have it. Yeah. Um, anyways, so in that, I had to meet, and I chose to just not use any pronouns at all. I used him throughout my entire speech um, and re referring to the student, and I tried to use all the ways of not using a pronoun. However, my colleagues in the meeting chose to use the they-them pronouns, and we were warned that the parent might have an issue with that. So the parent, again, just an animation, um, comes at my colleagues and says, this is crap. We're not going to use those they, them pronouns. And I'm kind of sitting there like snapping my fingers under the table because I can't really <laughs> say anything about it. Um, but I proceeded to go through without using pronouns. 
they kept trying to push against the parent. Um, and that was my first experience with that. Um, and it does make me nervous knowing that I'm graduating in a week and have already accepted a position in a high school classroom. Um, just how to navigate that as I do try to care for the student, but also acknowledge where they're wrong and to address the fact that the parent is still the parent, hmm. especially because I will be teaching minors who truly don't have a say in that yet. Right. Um, so any advice you can give would be wonderful. Can I ask, did you accept a job teaching in Mississippi? I did. Okay, so Mississippi is still kind of a normal place, right? It's not right. like you accepted in <laughs> L.A. County. I mean, you're in a good spot to be in. Right? <laughs> but that matters, and increasingly location is going to matter. I am from New York. You might be able to tell from my overall demeanor, swarthiness, mode of speech. I lived in California for a long time, and then we fled. We, we fled because they locked us all down, and they wanted to take all of our money, and the place is going to sink into the bottom of the ocean. So we, we left for Tennessee, which is freer and more normal, and now I get to raise my kids there, and it's fabulous, you know? It's a wonderful place. We could have gone to Texas. All my exes live in Texas, so I hang my hat in Tennessee. And uh, th that's going to happen as, as people split. You know, the, the, the politics are becoming too radicalized, and the only way out is through. Either we're going to become a totally leftist country, or the conservatives are going to reassert themselves and say, no, I'm not going to call a little girl him, and I'm not going to call a little boy her. And, and so at that point, you're, you're going to see an increase in the tension. You're going to see an increase in the wrath on the left. And, but that's that. The only other option would be surrender. So I would recommend being wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. I would recommend ballasting yourself in a strong community because that's the only way to make any political change is in public through a community. You're not going to do it as the lone smart teacher out in Los Angeles. And, uh, and then I would, in some cases, perhaps refrain from using pronouns if it's a temporary kind of matter and in some cases perhaps be more assertive, but in no cases can you lie. And I think that if you believe that your job is going to require you to lie, you gotta get a new job. Thank Best you of luck, Thank absolutely. You. By the way, that's really important, and Michael touches upon this later on. But there's this weird kind of consensus at the moment in which politics is a zero-sum game. No one should get involved, but in politics it doesn't do anything. It's a complete waste of time. That's untrue beyond belief. It's very important, unfortunately, to have these debates and discussions when it comes to things you disagree with within society. Because if you don't, we're going to literally fall into, blindly walk into, Joe Biden-like walk into a tyrannical state or a state of paralysis as we saw over the past few years when it came to the radical policies of the so-called lockdowns and what I believe was the biggest mishandling within medical history uh, over the past, you know, hundreds of years, let's say. So that is why I say, I, that is why I'm doing this. That is why I have a media company. It's because I think it's very important to speak up and voice your opinion when it comes to things you disagree with within society. Because guess what? When you don't, you walk in blindly to a state of paralysis. So I applaud teachers. And by the way, I would also say it's very unfortunate. There is seemingly many teachers whom I know and unfortunately, they have to go along with this because they don't have another income. If they don't use the terminology in which is being imposed upon them by a so-called kind of mysterious board at the top of the school or at the top of the educational institution, then unfortunately, they lose their job. And obviously, if you lose your job and you have five kids, I mean, what are you going to do? So it's a very, I, I do sympathize is what I'm saying. I sympathize with these teachers who are in this position and perhaps don't have a lot of money. 
they don't earn a lot of money, they don't have multiple income sources, and thus they are forced to go along with this, despite the fact they disagree with it. And that is a very, very bad thing. And by the way, the, the, the kind of common uh, consensus and argument uh, in, in, in favour of using this gender ideology so evidently, which is pushed forward by those predominantly on the left, is in reference to sympathy. We must be sympathetic, we must be uh, compassionate, we must be loving towards those students who perhaps have confusion at their gender, uh, you know, at age two, which obviously is not possible, it's just absurd. But I would counter that by stating it's not compassionate to go along and affirm something which is blatantly stupid. It is not compassionate to go along and to allow young children, as we saw within the Tavius Scott Centre in the UK, to undergo surgery after one face-to-face -face kind of consultant or, or, or contact with some so-called healthcare professional. I dispute that claim majorly, but I th I, I, the point that I'm making is it's not compassionate to go along with something which is absurd. It's like if your young baby told you that they were a bird, you're not going to chuck them out the window. Obviously not, because they're not a bird. The point that I'm making is if you look at the UK Tavis Scott Centre clinic, it's just one of the biggest scandals in recent years from a medical scene in which tens of thousands of children as young as age eight went to this clinic and many of them now, thousands, are imposing lawsuits because it turns out that the practices in the UK, specifically for the Tavish Scott Centre, were unethical beyond belief. Uh, and it's just like, it's just ridiculous. I will not be silent about this because Many young children are just going to... I mean, what are the long-term consequences of this? In 15 years, let's say 70 years' time, what are the consequences of transitioning a young child at age 2 or 9 or 13 or 15 when it comes to, you know, the, 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 this absurdity of transgenderism? What are the consequences? It's probably going to result, unfortunately, within something very bad. Uh, you know, I don't want to... You know, many mental health issues. It's not compassionate to confuse children, and it's not compassionate to allow children to do what they like. And this is the big issue in which the, 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 the radical left, I should say, has got majorly wrong. If you look at this uh, Tavi Scott Centre, I want to read you some details just to explain my point. But some children, according to The Spectator, were placed on medication after one face-to-face -face assessment, despite many having mental health or family issues. More than a third of young people referred to the service had moderate to severe autistic traits compared with under 2% of the children in the general population. And much of the detail in the book is, and much of the details have been known for some time, but these details have been ignored or dismissed. And finally, action in the UK has been taken when it comes to the Tavi Scott Centre to close. But why did it take so long for this scandal to fully emerge? And this is where it gets very uh, scary. And this is what I'm confused about. And I've voiced my opinion in regards to the, the, the absurdity of the left nowadays, who used to, I suppose you could say, be concerned about the dangers of corporatism, of, of, of capitalism, the evident dangers in which can come within the case of, let's say, Big Pharma. But in recent times, the left has just totally ignored the dangers in which can come from Big Pharma and now are solely focused upon virtue signaling, I guess you could say. Uh, the point that I'm making is that the Tavi Scott Center, many people spoke out, many so-called physicians and doctors spoke out stating that staff were in difficult positions to speak out because they were under pressure from quote-unquote powerful lobbies to opt for medication, a report from 2005 revealed. And many other healthcare professionals stated that they believed these children required therapy, not irreversible hormonal and surgical intervention. But staff were in very difficult positions, supposedly, to speak out. And this just debunks the whole idea of being compassionate when it comes to young children who supposedly can decide an irreversible, important decision at the age of two. I don't agree with that, funnily enough. Okay, regardless, let's check out this next clip. 
Uh, I'm not sure what this one is. Michael Knowles destroying a woke student, let's say. I think this is about the military, the absurdity of the military. A very funny video I want to show you. Hey, my name is Mason Ayers. Uh, my question is about uh, boycotting the military. Well, not boycotting the military, but the conservative boycott of Bud Light went fairly well. And in my opinion, that was a pretty easy thing to do because it's easy to you know, just pick up a Miller Light instead of a Bud Light. But with the military, they've been going woke as well. So how do we go about letting the military know that we don't agree with their ways without completely abandoning the military because it is an important part of our nation? Yeah, you can't, you can't boycott the military, uh, for starters, because this president is about to get us into World War III, and so we want to have a good, strong military. But two, because the military doesn't operate in a market. So you can boycott a beer company, and depending on how, how much of a lock the handful of brands have over the market, you can be effective. This has been surprisingly effective against Bud Light. Uh, there, there's no market there in the military, so the only way is through political action. That's the only way to bring these guys to heel, these, these top brass who are whining about white rage while Vladimir Putin mocks us and Chairman Xi mocks us. And, uh, and we uh, now have drag queens you know, recruiting for the US Navy. You know, in the old days, there were always lines about the U.S. Navy that would, people would make jokes about. It used to be a joke, though, you know, and then the sailors would say, how dare you? And, but now it's the recruiting tool. That's totally backwards. The, the idea that the greatest threat that, that Chairman Milley thinks that the, the U.S. Army faces is white rage is a joke. I mean, that guy should have been out of a job the next day after he said that. And so the By the way, <laughs> can you just imagine what Vladimir Putin thinks of what is going on? This guy used to be an agent. He's a hardcore, brutal man. And he sees a man dressing up as a woman uh, as a recruitment pitch for the military. This goes against anyone who's ever wanted to join the military in the history of the, of the universe. No one in the history of the universe has wanted to join the military based upon trans ideology. People that want to join the military are testosterone-filled, angry young men. And good for them. The only way through that, given that the the military is the military, it's not just one force among many, is we need to win elections and then we need to fire a lot of people. You know, the, the federal bureaucracy, depending on how you count it, is, is about two million people. It's a lot of people. And a, a regular president can fire about four to 5,000 people. That's it. It's pretty much impossible to fire anyone else. Uh, you would need to be able, I think, to increase that number of who you can fire to about 50,000. It, which is still a drop in the bucket compared to two million. But you really just need to get the guys who are setting the policy in this backwards way. Uh, if you could fire about 50,000 of the people in the federal bureaucracy, that would go a long way toward changing things. But the only way that you're going to do that is, is by gaining political power and wielding that political power until quite recently Republicans haven't wanted to do it. Have they learned their lesson? I hope so, especially when it comes to the military, you know, bombs flying from Moscow. I hope that, uh, that shows them that the real threat uh, comes from elsewhere in the world and not from frat guys making jokes online or whatever they seem to think that it is now. Thank you. Yeah. Like General Milley, Jesus Lord, that man is just seemingly an incompetent fool. Um, so if you haven't caught up today, let me briefly run you down before we look at a funny video by the Babylon Bee, who predicted this. It's absolutely hysterical in terms of gender ideology within the military and just showing the power and the confidence we should have within the West and the US when it comes to the potential of World War III.
which is on our doorstep, supposedly. So the US Army over the past few days adopted a drag queen ambassador, supposedly to show the strength and the power of the United States military. And the US Navy, facing an uphill battle to recruit new members, decided basically to go on a suicide mission to hell. One good way to do so is to deploy a drag queen influencer. This is a person whom is referred to as Harpy Daniels. What a great name. What a strong name. Robert O'Neill, whom was the former US Navy SEAL, part of the Team 6 mission that took out Osama bin Laden, blasted the military's branch for their new drag queen recruitment campaign. And he said, I can't believe I fought for this bull. And this ties into something I read the other day on Twitter, in which... I kind of just sympathize with those who are within the military. I used to have a lot of respect for people that go in the military. And I still do, most definitely. It's a very risky and noble thing to do, I guess you could say. But you have to question as to why you're going into the military nowadays. Who are you serving? You're serving a government that hates you, that imposes false wars, as we saw within Iraq. What are you really doing? It's very sad, and this is not the fault of those who go into the military. Most definitely not. It's the fault of those who are in charge, who are in power, including General Milley and Joe Biden obviously are just incompetent beyond belief but i mean if you're a young you know 16 17 18 year old person looking to go into the military testosterone filled angry to the core ready to go ready to go fight and you see this it's just a big turn off okay let's let's check out this uh video it's hilarious babylon b a few months ago predicted this uh gender ideology in the military what does it look like in practice let's see the united states military is a guiding light leading the world to democracy and freedom but if we want this beacon of truth and justice to shine we need to remain army strong and that means diversity from gender reveal grenades and fabulous pride uniforms to our new pronoun dog tags we're leading the way in both killing power and inclusivity we're even training our soldiers to defend against violent misgendering from enemy forces Excuse me, sir. Ah! It is ma'am! You! An updated, more inclusive exercise regimen and regiment woman. So no one feels left out. And more supportive drill sergeants who are completely judgment-free. You are special just the way you are. Don't let anyone tell you any different. You are beautiful in any size! Your two moms are proud of you! Enemies of America. You've been warned. We're strong. We're army strong. We're slaying, queen. <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? Stop! <laughs> yeah. Stop! Are you hitting yourself? Stop! Uh. I'm gonna tell moms! Can you just imagine waking up from a coma? You know, you hit by a car or something in 05, and you come and see this. It's like, it's just a degeneration of the culture beyond belief. I'm actually reading a really good book now called Homo Deus, which looks at the future of civilization. It's by a man called Yohan Noah Harry, who is part of the World Economic Forum. And he has some interesting, controversial views. But I would give him credit within his book. It's actually very interesting, despite the fact I disagree with him on many things. And one thing he notes, which is very interesting, is the fact that the key differentiator between sapiens and other animals is the fact that we as sapiens have a very unique capability of collaborating at scale. And this is through fictions and myths when it comes to capitalism, when it comes to the legal system. Things that don't exist specifically within the physical world, but have been internalized within our collective conscience. And thus this enables us to collaborate at scale. Things like human rights. There is no such real thing as human rights. It's a myth. 
but it's a collective myth in which thus holds value. Yuval Noah Harry basically states that if you're an elite group within society, if you want to ensure that society can't collaborate and thus make change, what you do is impose absurd ideologies and make each other and, and, and make it seem like we're all in a war with one another. And this is, I think, what the elites are doing now. At least that's a great conspiracy theory to go into. It seems like everyone is so distracted by gender ideology, in which does have importance, don't get me wrong. But when you compare it to the grand scheme of things, to the corruption inside government, to major issues within our society, it seems uh, almost like it's a distraction. At least that's an interesting conspiracy theory to think about. Okay, let's check out these final two clips. Let's see what this one is about. Hi, Michael. Uh, my name is Becca Kaminsky, and my question is about all this crazy AI stuff that's going on right now. Um, so recently you've talked a lot about how AI is becoming a huge problem, especially when it comes to pornography. So my question is, as a parent, how are you planning to protect your kids from this industry, this pandemic that is happening to our society and the nuclear family? And what are some ways, um, as a woman, that I could play in dismantling this prevalent issue? No smartphones. That's the first place. My kids are still a little young, though these days kids are born. They come out of the womb on TikTok. So uh, no smartphones, period. Uh, I think if you give a kid a smartphone, it's just a portal to hell. I mean, you, you can't blame the kid when the kid looks up naughty things. It's just going to happen. I think the average age that people are exposed to pornography today is 12. That's the average age or median age. It, it, it can be much younger. It can be as young as eight or nine years old. So uh, you've, you've got to limit that. You've got to pay attention to what kind of schools they're going to. And, you know, in some reasonable parts of the country, public schools are fine. In other parts, they're not fine. And you need to find an alternative. And some of the alternatives to that could be through school choice. Some of the alternatives could be through homeschooling. And you just foot the bill yourself. I'm not saying it's easy or cheap, but there are ways to do it. And in fact, I think Senator Cruz made it easier to do that sort of thing by, by slipping in a, a greater funding provision into legislation around 529 accounts. So it doesn't only go to woke colleges, but it actually can be spent at other places. So you could look into that as well. And you, you've got to check because even the, the private schools in a lot of these places, the private schools in LA are crazier than the public schools. They're, they're going to teach you weirder gender pornographic stuff than the public schools are, and you're going to pay 50 grand a year for the privilege of that. So, you know, you've got to be very aware of your community, and your community is more than just the people who come to your house on Sundays and the school that your kids goes to. You know, the community is going to involve the church. The community is going to involve your physical neighborhood, which even today still matters. These are people you're going to see. Um, we should take a lesson from the libs. When the libs say it takes a village to raise a child, Hillary Clinton says that because she just wants to claw all your children away and do whatever she wants to them. But, but there's a lot of truth to that. You know, we're, we're the social creature. We're a political animal. We're, we are mimetic beings. In fact, we're educated by imitating what our mommies and daddies say and do and even by the desires of the people that we spend a lot of time with. So there's a pithy little phrase, which is that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's certainly true. And so if your kid is spending time around a bunch of degenerates or people who just have the wrong idea about a lot of things, they're going to fall into that kind of stuff. And if the people that they're spending the most time with are phantoms flickering on a screen on their, on their phone, that will be all the worse. Uh, that's, that's one practical step. And then, I don't know, build a moat, build a big wall, I don't get a lot of guns or something. Yes, my friend, that is so true. And Michael has spoken about in the past, 
uh, TikTok and porn and how this is leading to the degeneration of the culture, specifically when it comes to child so-called transgenderism. Apparently, Michael noted, I believe, in the past, there's a specific type of porn, which if you watch it, you basically just have this strange, absurd desire to change gender or sex, I should say. I I'm very concerned. I mean, the society we live in is so uncompetitive nowadays. If you're spending seven hours on your phone, good luck, sunshine, getting anywhere. You're going to be a brokey. And that's the unfortunate truth. And so many young kids just out the womb are just on TikTok, on YouTube Shorts. They love it. And it's just... Within an era of instant connectedness, the greatest evil is, uh, is, is, is conspicuous hedonism. Is constant hedonism, I guess you could say. It's very bad. And many young people are just becoming stupid and dumb. Low IQs and two are being exposed towards instant porn. It's like, how great. Okay, last clip. This is uh, an interesting scenario I, I want you to check out. Some advice on a touchy subject with my family. I have a cousin back in the Chicagoland area. She's uh, 19 now and has been going down the liberal rabbit hole um, for like four years now. And first off saying like she's pansexual or whatever that means. And By the way, the liberal rabbit hole is bloody awful. They make you believe that climate change is going to kill everyone. They make you believe that everyone is racist and power is the only thing in which rules the world. They make you believe that white superiorities ingrained within everyone. They make you believe horrible things such as gender ideology. It's really not nice. You can see why many people on the liberal side just fall into absurdity because they believe the world is ending in two years. They believe that everyone is going to, you know, they just believe terrible things. Now, um, it, it means give me attention is what it means. But, yeah, you know, many yeah. such cases. Because um, she can't get anywhere else. But, uh, but now she's saying her preferred pronouns are he and him. And... Hmm. I've brought it up to my parents. My dad won't say anything to his brother, and I don't know how to bring it up to my family without t totally um, like losing contact with my uncle or tearing the family apart. I just want to know uh, if there's anything I can do to prevent her from mutilating herself and destroying her life. By the way, if it was me, no, I'm a bit of a pr like that. I'm just gonna say no if I don't believe in something, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. So uh, I would say no. I like the word no. I would recommend you be very clear about this. And we are called to speak the truth in love, and I think this would be a clear place where you could apply that teaching. And I think that it's better not only for her, but better for you, ultimately, and your relationship with your family. Uh, and it's better in that if she does mutilate herself and comes to regret it, you'll feel terrible that you didn't help her. It's because you'll have to deal with this fact of how she's presenting herself. Are you going to lie to appease her? Are you going to tell the truth? Further down the line, that's going to be harder. But I also think it's important to be clear, because when people are clear and they have a consistent point of view, that can engender respect and even affection. Uh, you, you see this if you're going to ask a girl out on a date. Sometimes people write into my show, they ask me, usually not for pansexual things, but you know, regular dating. They'll say, I'm nervous, how do I ask a girl out on a date? And I say, in, in my experience, and I, I don't have much recent experience, but in my experience, there's two ways to get a girl to like you. You can either be the strong, silent type, Gary Cooper, doesn't say very much, keep to yourself, that can be very attractive. Or I'm of the Italian persuasion, we're a little more, um, vocal and emotional about things. You can be very forthright and you can say, listen, baby, I love you. I think you're beautiful. We got to go get a drink. Let's go. You can't deny me. I'm in love. You can write love poetry, right? And, the, and that can be charming too. The thing that's not going to work is that middle ground when you try to say, well, you know, I'm, hey, Sheila, I kind of think you're cute or something, but I don't know. Do you maybe want to go get a meal sometime or I don't know whatever you want to do?
that's not, that's not attractive at all. And, and I think this is true in so many areas of public life. If, if you come out and you say, hey, they, them, hey, you know, Cyborg7, I totally affirm whatever delusion you've got, and uh, you can chop yourself up, and I'm totally on board, uh, your cousin will like you. If you come out conversely and say, look, hey, uncle, hey, cuz, I love you guys, of course. Um, I would just advise you to maybe rethink this. And here's why I think that, because it seems to me that, that uh, men and women are different and the transgender surgery isn't, isn't real. It doesn't do anything. And women have all sorts of terrible side effects from the testosterone. It increases rage, it increases uh, libido. I interviewed one woman who detransitioned. She said she became so violent when she took the testosterone that she turned the, the violence on herself. She was very lucky because she said, I, I'm glad I didn't turn it on anyone else. Uh, you can point to skyrocketing rates of regret. You can point to the largest data set on the transgender procedures, both hormonal and surgical, which show that transgender procedures do not have the promised mental health benefits. That, in fact, when you look at anxiety, depression, suicidality, uh, not only are, do the numbers not improve, but, but on the case of anxiety, the, the numbers actually get worse after the procedure. So you could point to that. You could point to the relative novelty of this idea. By the way, what a surprise. No bloody wonder like anxiety and suicide rates skyrocket after you've just chopped your body up at age two. It's like... And, and say, hey, you know, cuz, uncle, isn't, does it seem kind of weird to you that this uh, understanding of what boys and girls are has just been completely radically altered in the last, like, um, five minutes from what it always was for all of human history? Maybe introduce some questions there and say, look, I just don't think it's true, and uh, I think you'd, you're harming yourself, and because I care about you, I'm going to tell you the truth. They, they might not like it. They might even sort of yell at you. But, but you're much more likely to have their respect and ultimately their affection if they think that you are speaking to them truthfully because you love them, because you will the good of that other person, not as some instrumental matter to you, but for her own sake. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. The culture wars are in full swing. And unfortunately, it's more important than ever to speak up when it comes to politics and your opinion, whether that's a conservative or not, it's important to speak up and have these views and share them. Because unfortunately, as we can see with the digital tyranny in today's society, if we don't speak up, if we don't voice our opinion, we shall walk into an apocalyptic mess. And this is true on the gender ideology front, it's true on the tyrannical digital front, it's true on the COVID front, it's true on every front. Speak up, stay strong, and I'll see you soon.